for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 6 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Back at it again. We've got some good news this week. Uh, we're finally on iTunes. We are on iTunes. And we're also on Stitcher. In case any of you guys don't know what that is, Stitcher is a streaming app for podcasts. It's kind of like, say, Spotify for podcasts. But you can just basically, for free, stream any sort of podcast you want they've got a ton of stuff up there um it's a good alternative for people that don't use itunes or don't want to download the podcast straight to their phone for like size limitations and stuff so check that out if you uh have never checked it out it's a pretty cool service uh, that's actually how i listen to most of my podcasts nowadays is through stitcher that's great so um also you can get us at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter, and you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. So now that I got all the info out of the way, we can get into it. Let's do it. How you been, buddy? I've been well. How have you been? Good, good. The biggest news story for Star Wars this week is one of those things that's funny when it probably shouldn't be funny, but uh, old Annie Skywalker, Jake Lloyd, was arrested this week. Not pod racing anymore, bro. No, no, I think he was pod racing too hard. So what happened was, uh, and I believe this was in uh, South Carolina. South Carolina now. Surprise. Wow. Uh, so he's running from the police. In South Carolina or North Carolina. I'm, I can't remember for sure which one. In some sort of fast car. Uh, I don't know that it was like a, a fancy fast car. I remember reading the, like, make and model of the car and be like, damn, I guess things didn't really pan out for him. Uh, but maybe I was just being a bitch. Let me check. I saw uh, a picture of him, though, and he looked pretty rough. Uh, yes. If there's one thing I learned from this whole Jake Lloyd getting arrested thing, it's that uh, Homeboy did not grow up to look like uh, Anakin Skywalker in any way, shape, or form. Or like... Uh, What's his name? Hayden Christensen. Yeah. He looked really beat up. Like, he looked... Yeah, something tells me that maybe he got... Well, 
See, uh, what happened was, I'll just give you the base. Wherever he was, he was being pulled over by the cops, and he decided to run instead of pull over. By the way, I, I don't know whoever thinks that's a good idea. If you're ever thinking about it or wondering about it, that's not a good idea. I mean, well, just, just gonna, because you've played some that's not fucking a good idea. Need for Speed on... Or Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, just because you, you played Grand Theft right. Auto does not qualify you to run from the cops. That's not the way to be. Uh, no, okay, so he was... Lloyd was driving in Charleston, South Carolina, when sheriff's deputies began pursuing him. The chase was underway, and it went on for miles into another county. Deputies say Jake began passing cars on the double yellow line and began driving recklessly at high speeds. Cops say eventually Jake lost control of his car, which ran off the road, through a fence, into a wooded area where it struck several trees. So he hit a tree. Yeah, something tells me that's why he's all roughed up in the mug shot. Um, he looked like a villain from Firefly. Or I just kept thinking he has a a western kind of villain feel to it. Yeah, him. and he's got like a dumb Jack Sparrow goatee and mustache combo. Yeah, he's clearly troubled. There was another story that came out that apparently about a month ago, the cops were called on him for beating up his mom. He beat up his mom? Yeah, his mom says he's schizophrenic and is off his meds, and that's why he's acting this way. I don't know. You know, maybe he's got a little of the Amanda Bynes going on. I don't... And that's shit sad, too. Like, child star syndrome, I guess. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's gotta suck. I was thinking about this when this, the story broke. Being part of... Like, when you're a kid, you get a job on the new Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? You get to leave school to go film the new Star Wars, and you're on set, and there's people in costume, and, like, you're... You know what I'm saying? Like, as a kid, it's got to be really exciting, and then you think it's going to be awesome, and that everybody's going to like it, and then it's the Phantom Menace, and people bag on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've seen some interviews with him that were probably from a couple years ago, where he was maybe at a con or something, and they, he was talking about how, like, he doesn't like Star Wars. He doesn't watch Star Wars. Like, he's clearly bummed about the whole thing. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. Uh, and as far as I know, that may have been his last. I know he was in Jingle All the Way with the, you know. Arnold. Yeah, right. And he uh, And he did Star Wars. I don't know of anything else that he did that's really sad for his career though i mean and especially if his mental health is not well that's even more sad yeah i mean i don't know there's not many people that can be a kid movie star or tv star and then turn out normal like it happens it's more rare that they turn out sometimes you get like a ron howard you know what i mean yeah he turns out okay i mean i i think those people he was just on one of the most boring shows ever yeah they may benefit from being insulated in the in the community like the hollywood community from the beginning or family the people that recover drew barrymore recover well from being a child star Uh, i hate drew barrymore don't (laughs) don't get me started on drew barrymore but like you know we just assume that ron howard's normal but maybe Ron Howard's into some real dirty, like, like dirty sh- shit. Like some club with like a scarlet cape and cloak and a uh, rabbit mask yeah, and or his, something. Like, and his dick is just hanging yep. out with fucking like a. By the uh, way, we're not trying to talk shit about you, Ron Howard. Red, we're just red pubes with like a bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I made myself laugh real hard on that. 
red pubes with a bald spot. I think we may have the title of this week's episode. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it looks like homie Jake Lloyd is going to be in some trouble. Uh, well, he's already in trouble, but it'll be interesting to see how this pans out for him. Maybe they'll be able to use his schizophrenia to knock the charges down or something. I just want to know if he tried to Jedi mind trick on one of the dudes. <laughs> I just, <laughs> well, you know what I did here? This is interesting. They gave him a breathalyzer on the site, uh, uh, you know, after they got subdued him, after he crashed into the trees. And the results of the breathalyzer came back saying that he had the highest midichlorian count that anybody oh, in the county no. <laughs> Oh, no. What's, I was laughing uh, earlier because, you know, I'm looking on my phone for the article about him and one of the headlines about the whole thing is jake lloyd has schizophrenia whoops oh <laughs> that's sad that makes you wonder what the dude that voiced jar jar is up to you know what i'm saying like yeah. if things are going bad for jake lloyd then what poor Ahmad Best. Jar jar? i mean i know he did the voice of jar jar in some of the clone wars episodes but I don't think you can live off that alone. Oh, man. I wonder what poor Jar Jar is up to. A character in a race that's kind of clumsily dumb by nature. Just, mm-hmm. just kind of offensive. Right. Maybe I'll do a little search right here. See what all... And some people tie the way they speak back to, like, ancient uh, blackface show kind of stuff. Yeah, I see. I mean... I never thought it was meant to be or came off as being that racist. Like, but I can see, you know, yeah, people are sensitive. Like somebody's going to get offended and I can sort of see it in that Why, Like why they got offended. Yeah. Let's see. What is old? What is old Ahmad best been up to? Um, nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Talk about a career killer. Yeah, he. It really broke George Lucas's confidence too. By the way, I, I mean, you ever seen? Yeah. There's a documentary, The People versus George Lucas. Fuck that documentary, dude. It's. I thought it was interesting to see everyone's point of view. Oh, like, 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 I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but it was fascinating. I to am see. not interested in watching two hours of people bag on George Lucas. I know. And I tried to watch it, and then they get people whose opinions do not matter they to me. They don't matter. No, they're just some fucking butthurt nerds that yeah. want to bitch about Star Wars to seem cool and hipster. Yeah. There was a dude who had like 12 earrings in one ear and was wearing a backwards kangaroo cap and was talking about how... He was singing a song called George Lucas Rape My Childhood. Like, oh. No, he did not. No, no, he did not. That is a, a gross exaggeration. I mean... That is, a, that is a false charge, sir, and, and I will thank you to take it back. The people that they had defending Star Wars, like, they clearly stacked the deck against Star Wars in that movie. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have, like, as strong people, like, personality-wise or even just... But I feel like the art s- stands for itself. You know, like, everybody can have their opinions all day long. But really, the art stands for itself and the story is the story. And you can choose to accept the story... Or not to accept the story and the parts that you don't like. But there's no reason to shame George Lucas for making those movies the way he did. He he made them. He made the movies he wanted to make. Yeah. And uh, they're interesting because they're probably the most expensive independent movies ever made. Like he made them on his own terms with his own money and then sold the rights to Fox for them to distribute. 
So the ballsiness of doing that alone is impressive to me. And you're talking about... Grande huevos. He did some things with the prequels that were really ahead of their time. Like, for the second movie, Attack of the Clones, he filmed it all digitally. There was no film used. Right. And that was the first time it had ever been done on that scale. They were using experimental cameras, cameras that weren't even ready for general use. Uh, And then by the time he got to the third one, they had a more reliable, I think, like, maybe the first wave of general release digital film cameras. Like, that's a ballsy move. And he did that all to save time on... Because, you know, when you film on film and then you want to add CG effects and stuff, you got to process the film. you got to send film back to be processed and and then fed into the computer so you can add the CG element. It quickened up the process moving to digital way faster. Now, what's interesting, the... Newest movie, not filmed digitally. It's actually filmed on film because J.J. Abrams is a stickler about using film. In fact, uh, it's already been confirmed that episode eight will also be on in film. But conversely, Rogue One, the first spinoff movie, is being filmed with 6K cameras. Wow. That's like the highest resolution camera available. So, because, you know, just now we're getting... 4K TVs that are becoming pretty accessible on the market. Right. That's being filmed higher than that. It'll be interesting to see how that translates in the movie and how it looks. Because part of the problem I have with the prequels, like some of the few problems I have, are the... It looks different from movie to movie. Like the original Star Wars trilogy looks pretty cohesive, like all through... You know what I mean? The feel of each setting yeah. is similar, similarly acceptable. And it just looks like, you know, costumes change and sets change and stuff, but it just it looks like three movies that go together. Like the three movies in the prequel trilogy look like and it kind of makes sense cuz there's such a huge time gap between 1 and 2. Things can look kind of different there. There's longer time gaps in between those movies, but still. There's so much going on and mm-hmm. so many settings and so many character changes like you really anakin goes from child to whiny teenager to whiny adult dark brooding menace you know in the third one yeah it just makes me wonder like if rogue one is gonna look sort of odd to people because you know the hobbit trilogy the new trilogy they filmed in like 48 frames a second or something weird and i think you don't really notice that if you watch like a general version but they displayed 48 frame versions in some theaters and stuff and people complained said that it made everything look too crisp and it made it look like a like it was being shot on a stage and yeah. not real yeah so it makes me wonder if uh you know the change to 6k on rogue one will cause a similar effect i think that it's going to because i mean i hope that it doesn't but i know that when you watch the like what is it the 120 hertz television yeah. yeah versus a 60 hertz television it looks that's that you get that similar effect this looks like it's filmed in a studio yeah well not. well it, the thing is is it's so with 120 hertz versus 60 and it takes a little while to get used to if you get used to watching 120 hertz and it's configured properly that's a lot of the issue with those is you'll get people that just take them out of the box start them up but with one of those nice like hd sets you sort of need to configure it right but yeah what the the issue you're seeing there i believe is the lack of motion blur 
like everything's so crisp like it just takes you a while to get used to if you see what i'm saying i i i get what you're saying yeah um, i definitely know that feeling though and i can yeah. relate to it 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 looked too real it was yeah it was too real it looked like i was looking at a set i it, there there wasn't a a blur that made it believably real right right i I would so, like to see that Hobbit to see the difference in like, that. Like, yeah, I wish there was a way. <clears throat> I don't know that there's any, like, 48 frames a second version of that movie, or I don't know how we would. What I'm saying is I don't know if, like, my HD TV would be able to display it. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about that kind of stuff. Like, my brain is just filled with too much Star Wars shit to know, like, the technical spec specifications and performances of TVs and stuff. Like if I go get a TV, I do my research, but I don't know really what makes the difference. Like I know in the theaters, they had to use special projectors to project that version of the movie and largely got negative reviews that version because people didn't like the look of it. Yeah. They said it made it look like an old BBC production or something. Like I don't, really know what they mean but i think maybe like the first thing i thought of was did you ever see the old narnia movies yes you know what i'm talking about not yes. the ones that came out sort of recently like in the right. last 10 years but with the old from ones. when I, we were kids like the bbc versions you know that the general look of that it kind of looks like a soap opera almost yeah yeah i think maybe that's sort of what they were comparing it to but i don't know i don't either I'd be interested to see it, though. Cast my own judgment. I wonder if we'll have the opportunity when Rogue One comes out to see it broadcast in 6K somewhere. Because if it is, then... It would take an IMAX theater to have the capacity to do that, right? Probably. Probably IMAX. I don't know that for sure. Because, you know, they did shoot some stuff on Episode 7 in IMAX. And so it leads me to believe they'll probably have at least one IMAX sequence in Rogue One. But as far as, like, a what kind of theater would be able to broadcast it in 6K? I don't know. But I'd be willing to check it out just for the experience. As would I. You got a mosquito. Mosquito flying around my face that's distracting me. And right on cue. And Dharma. Welcome right on to the cue. show. So, let's see here. Lost my train of thought because of that damn dog. <laughs> and the mosquito. And the mosquito... I know I mentioned it last week, but that new game, For Honor, that Ubisoft is going to be coming out yeah. with, looks really cool, and I would really like to see a Star Wars version of that for some lightsaber combat that actually yeah. made a difference between fencing-style combat instead of just block and attack. I really wish we knew more about some at least the next Star Wars game that's in development. I wouldn't say that I'm worried about Battlefront, but the reactions to Battlefront from people that played it, like on the show floor at E3, haven't been great. Really? None of them have said it's bad, but none of them have been like blown away by it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's just jaded game reviewers. I don't know if you know this, but like that's the thing nowadays in like game quote unquote journalism is just hate on everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nothing like, is ever going to be really no, as groundbreaking. No, like it? there was some dickbag that gave the new Batman game like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. And it's a pretty phenomenal game from what I've played. Yeah. But someone's always got to be the wet blanket. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And uh, I, I just, so I don't know if sort of their interpretations of the game are exactly the ones I want to stand by, you know. I mean, obviously I'm going to play it and make up my own opinion, but some people just seem to wonder if the modes available and it being so multiplayer focused is going to be enough to keep people interested. And I think the thing that they're really pointing to is Titanfall. You know, that game for that was a exclusive to Xbox One and PC. Yeah. You know, it didn't have a campaign. It was all multiplayer focused. And it seems like the player base got kind of burnt out on it. And there's not a lot of people playing it online anymore. Which is a shame because it's a good game. Like, it is Titanfall a good game. Is I a played good it game. myself. Yeah. Like, it's, for it's, a while. It's a fun shooter. I, I don't know what about it. I, I'll be honest, though. I even got a little burnout on it after a while i like did there were other things to play i yeah i played I mean, that's really the problem nowadays is that even as early or as far back as just the beginning of the the console for the 360 and the playstation 3 like the beginning of that generation games came out way spaced apart like it only seems like towards the last two years of the xbox 360 uh, like that i used the 360 where it was a lot of games coming out all the time, like good games or game games you'd be interested in. Absolutely, it's also an effect of our time. You yeah, know, we're that's at a, true. We're at a point in our lives where we don't have the time to devote to multiple games like we used to. No. I certainly don't. No, I would love to have more time to play video games, but that is not my life. I actually have a so for release of games that I'm interested in, I have a good like three months ahead of me where there's not one coming out that I'm interested in. So I'm definitely going to try and use that time to bang out my backlog and finish up the Witcher and the new Batman game. And I'm working on the Witcher myself. I mean, it's a long haul. That I need game. to knock out the Witcher Assassin's Creed, black flag. And, oh, that's a good uh, one. Destiny. I need to get caught up, leveled up in destiny. Yeah. I need yeah. to do that with you and Steve. Yeah. That's, I mean, destiny's, a good time. You know, they're pissing people off this week. What, Destiny Ooh. is? Yes, they Why? are pissing. What are okay. they doing? So um, they're releasing an expansion in September or October, and it's 40 bucks for this expansion. It's disc base, and it's called The Taken King or something like that. Okay. And it adds a whole new campaign, new strikes, new PvP maps. Uh, all three classes are getting subclasses. So, like, the Titan has, like, a Thor-style hammer that he can use in his subclass. I think the Warlock gets, like, a bow and arrow or, you know, something like that. Like, they're all getting a new subclass. Right. So, you know, that $40 price point seems fair for all that content. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fine. That's not the issue. The issue is that they're selling an $80 collector's edition. And that $80 collector's edition gets you... Destiny, the two expansions that have already come out, and the new expansion. Which is a great way for people to get into the game that haven't played it yet. Right. But for people that have been diehard Destiny players since it came out, like Steve, like Jeff, like, you know, Goose. and Andy, my friend Andy. Yeah, all these people we know that are still playing Destiny. If they want that that collector's edition they're basically having to rebuy the game stuff they already own which is a shitty move and they also have stuff in the that collector's edition like in-game stuff that 
hardcore players would really want. And I can't remember really what it is. I know one of the things that people were kind of pissed off about are the new emotes. There's new emotes that you can only get in the collector's edition. But like people that are hardcore Destiny players are going to want that kind of shit. Yeah. And they can't get a hold of it unless they rebuy something something they already have. It's a shitty move. Yeah, it is a bad move. And it's a very un-Bungie move, in my opinion. Because Bungie has always seemed to be pretty good about their fans. I mean, maybe that's just me glorifying the halo days of Bungie. If I I know Bungie, that content will become available for free a year from now or six months from now. Those emotes will be available for, like... I don't know about free. I think part of the issue is their new partnership with Activision. I think some of this stuff may be coming from that partnership. I mean, you know, before they were working with Microsoft on Microsoft's console, so they were able to... Like, even the in the Halo days of DLC, the maps were way cheaper than, say, like, Call of Duty maps. Or, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it was like five... Your map pack was, like, five under bucks. 20 bucks. You know? Yeah, but a Call of Duty map pack was, like, 15 to 20 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, it's just... I don't know, man. It seems like something about Destiny is just no pun intended, destined to keep pissing people off. It seems like at every turn they make, they do some boneheaded move that just pisses the player base off. Welcome to running and managing an MMO. You have a fan base that is constantly going to bitch. You are constantly going to get feedback. They are constantly going to be telling you how you're doing wrong and what you're doing wrong because they're the ones playing the game all day and all night. But see, this is the thing. I think it's unfair to call Destiny an MMO and not unfair to Destiny, unfair to MMOs. Like It does break the mold. It does, but it does not have enough content to be an MMO, in my opinion. I see. Uh, Like, it's, it's too, like... For a game that has a control like the gunplay and the movement and how smooth everything you know moves and everything, Destiny is great. Yes, like it feels great. The mechanics, the mechanics of the game are, are great. on par. But the just wash, rinse, and repeat, repeat of the end game, like so, your end game. In the that sandbox game, is not big enough. It's not. The story is not in depth enough. No, or long enough. Like it shouldn't be that quick for me to get to your max level cap. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want me to keep playing. And then once I get to the max, there better be some cool in-game stuff instead of that's not just get online and do your daily bounties. Uh, if you Day- haven't... Dailies, weeklies, raids. Right. Like, you know dailies, what I mean? weeklies, raids. And then if you run the, the raid on Tuesday when it resets, you can't run it. Ag- well, you can run it again, but you're not going to get anything from running it. Until it resets again next Tuesday. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's going to limit me from wanting to play. Right. And it's going to get to where that's all I want to do is the raids. And I'm getting on to just do one of those raids, which to me are a little annoying. Uh, It's it's not enough of a draw sometimes. Right. Like, I want to just be able to play and have fun, not play and die a whole bunch of times or figure out the exact same spot or the exact right spot where we got to stand to cheese a level. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, to me, raids and other in real MMOs, what I consider real MMOs, are fun. They're challenging, and sometimes you do die a lot. But it's not like I don't know that the raid concept works so well with for a first person shooter. Yeah, I like the idea of being able to get on with a bunch of buddies 
and try to tackle like a really hard quest or a really hard section. But something about destinies just get a little infuriating to me or something. I don't know. I mean, they're cool. It, it's cool in the end when you get like some a cool piece of gear or a badass gun or something. That's rewarding, but the rewarding feeling doesn't last very long. No, it doesn't. Especially then when you're like, "Fuck, I gotta level this new gun. It's gonna take forever." And uh, do I have all the right things that I need? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just hope that when they eventually do a Destiny two, that it's a bigger game. When it comes out, I feel like they'll either use the Destiny world over again, or they'll make some progression of the story in the Destiny world. That'll be like your Destiny two, yeah. Or they'll just try the concept over again some other way. You know, uh, so I, I I have the perfect way to bring this back to Star Wars and keep it Destiny related. I think part of my disappointment with Destiny was one of it's it's a very similar situation to some people. With the Phantom Menace. I overhyped that game so hardcore in my head. Because I'm a huge Bungie fan. And when they first brought out the concept of Destiny. They they said one of their influences was was Star Wars. So I'm in. I'm immediately in. Bungie doing sci-fi. I got my own ship. I got powers. I got cool Your guns. own ship that's just a loading screen. That is a loading screen. It's a missed screen. opportunity, those ships. It really I mean, is. at first, when you once again, if you get a really cool-looking ship for a while, you're like, damn, my ship looks badass. But then you just realize, oh, it's a loading screen. It's you a loading I mean? screen skin is yeah. all it really is. Yeah, that's all it really is. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on Destiny too much because, like, I'll, I'll say that, and then I'll get on and play Destiny, and then that's all I'll want to play for a couple of days, or even longer. But that wears off quickly. Like, when the first expansion came out, I didn't get it right away. And all our friends would be like, oh, man, you got to get on and try this new expansion. And I was like, eh, no thank you. And then I got on, and of course, it got its, its venom in me, and I was hooked. And that's all I played for, like, two weeks was Destiny. Yeah. And then the destiny luster roar off and i didn't right. play and i still haven't played the newest expansion which i should probably do since i got the season pass yeah i got the season pass too and i'm nowhere near leveled up enough to even enjoy the the new stuff the first dlc so um I think I'm like level 26 or 27 maybe. let's take a quick break and when we get back we'll talk about the season two premiere of star wars and uh call it a week all right hey buddy what's going on hey man dude what's wrong I don't know, man. I was listening to the fucking radio today. Stuff on there bumming you out? Yeah, man. It's just a bunch of bullshit. People trying to wear the fanciest hats and bang on wash drums and blow into jugs. It's it's lost its heavy, man. It's got me down. I know what you're talking about, man. It's it's affecting my personal life. Yeah? I'm impotent. Oh, dude. The world has made me impotent. I've got something that'll fix you right up. Don't you even worry about it. What are you talking about? Dude, the new stoned cobra. I don't know, man. I don't want to get hooked on some exotic street drug and end up sucking dick for nickels at no, five points. No, no. It's nothing like that, man. Nothing like that at all. Here, let me put it on for you. What are you talking about? It's a, it's, it's a band, Stone Cobra. It's the best thing in the oh. world. Dude... It's going to rock your that shit. That seems relevant. Let me just say. Okay. All right. Huh. Hmm. Wait a second. Oh, yeah? Wait a second. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, now. 
I'm so hard! Oh my god, where's my lady? What? I'm shooting lightning out of my dick! Unlimited power! High and Mighty, the album by Stone Cobra. Available now at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Five bucks for the most badass shit you've ever heard. Check it. Watch out! Lightning Dick is not a typical result of listening to Stone Cobra. However, Stone Cobra cannot be held responsible for any property damage or personal injury caused by Lightning Dick. See a doctor if Lightning Dick persists for more than four days. Common side effects of listening to Stone Cobra may include spontaneous bleeding of the ears, eyes, and anus, headbangers, neck, high-five-related wrist injuries, excessive and majestic facial hair growth, erratic metal driving, and smoker's cough. And we're back. Welcome back. So, um, something pretty big happened this Saturday. Yeah, what's that? The premiere of season two of rebels yeah that's gonna be great i like that show a lot it's gonna be great we saw it we that's saw what it. i meant <laughs> when everybody else great. sees it when we watch that thing we already watched <laughs> when i watched that thing we just watched uh so spoiler warning we are going to be getting pretty specific with the plot points and discussing um the first episode of season two um the siege of lothal so if you don't want to hear it you should probably skip ahead to the end because this is going to be what we're talking about so it starts seemingly not long after the end of season one we actually watched the season one finale before we watched um the new episode and in the season finale the last scene darth vader shows up yeah and it starts i wouldn't say it's immediately after because it looks like the our crew has been running with the rebels like the rebel faction for a little while now they're on like um a supply gathering mission against the empire and uh like they're working in tandem with phoenix squadron which I is i think a, that's what they're called yeah, yeah phoenix squadron which is a squad of uh a-wings now that actually brings up an interesting point to me from what i understand previously in the canon the reason a-wings don't show up until return of the jedi is because they're not developed yet like Maybe this is just rewriting canon. Maybe I mean, either. yeah, I mean, maybe that's just not part of it anymore. But it makes you wonder, like, well, if A-Wings were around, why didn't they use them in the Battle of Yavin or at Hoth? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why did they not just show up until Return of the Jedi? I mean, the real world answer is, you know, you make new A-Wing, you make new fighters for Return of the Jedi. Those are new toys you can sell. Right. But... Story purposes wise, I don't, you know. I mean, to me, it makes sense as the rebellion grows in between time of episode four and episode six. Like, there's a big growth in the empire. Oh, yeah. And, you know, maybe you have better access to more ships and through your actions you've stolen. Yeah, I mean, that could be it. I just, for some reason, I always like the explanation that those ships were developed then b-wings i really yeah. like b-wings B-wings i think are cool. b-wings are cool too they did a cool expansion to the original x-wing game that was b-wing um i would like to see i mean hey if we're doing a-wings now just go ahead and throw me some b-wings in there while you're at it like my wings well. b-wings yeah. c-wings <laughs> um and uh, i like phoenix squadron it's you don't get to know any of them or anything it's just a cool little 
squadron of badasses that are rolling around with the ghost Star stealing fighters. supplies. Yep. Um, Hotshot pilots, aces. And uh, you find out pretty quickly that Kanan is not necessarily down with working with the rebels. Um, and it all seems to stem from the fact that the last time he got involved in a war with soldiers and stuff, it did not go so well for him or the Jedi. Um, but he's definitely reluctant to work, keep working with them. It seems he would, I, I don't think he feels comfortable. No. And there's a, so there's, Oh, what's I mean, that's name? part of his whole character. He's not comfortable in the limelight anyway. He hides right. the fact that he's a Jedi. Right. Like, yeah, that is sort of his characters. Like he's, he's been hiding the fact that he's a Jedi until recently. And like, he just doesn't want to get involved on that. He liked the smaller scale skirmishes Hit where run. he could the robin hood thing like yeah they could steal from the empire and give to the people that needed it yeah you know what i mean making a difference firsthand right um and everybody on the ship is now wanting to make a difference yeah everybody on the with ship the rebellion but kanan is down with working with the rebellion like even zeb zeb likes phoenix squadron because it says it reminds him of uh fighting with his like honor guard or whatever faction he was part of, like the warriors that he used to work with before they were all uh, wiped out. Um, did you know that Zeb is based off of like an early concept of Chewbacca? That's crazy. I think it's Chewbacca, like an early Macquarie drawer, you know, like concept idea for Chewie. They do that a good bit in um, Rebels. In fact, in this episode, when they go to Lando's settlement to get that stuff, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, the droid that meets them is the original concept for C-3PO. He's painted different, but it's the same There's design. A, Ralph McQuarrie? Yeah. Is that the artist? There's a lot of his influence in the Rebels show. Even, oh, yeah. Even the stylized way that Darth Vader looks. And the Stormtroopers. The way this... That's very all, close all, to them. Those are all homage to... Yeah. Ralph McQuarrie. I mean, it's cool. I mean, if you're going to pull from anything, that's that's the way to go. Absolutely. Keep it's it just fresh. Neat. Keep it classic. Like, because I've seen some of these iconic early McQuarrie works for Star Wars, it's neat seeing this stuff pop up and recognize where it's from. Um, but, so they, they get a message from, uh, what's her name? Ah, oh, damn, I can't remember her name. But she's one of the Imperials that runs Lothal. And she offers them a list of rebel sympathizers if they come rescue her and get her off of Lothal. Because they're pissed. Like, Tarkin and Vader and all of them are pissed at her for not being able to apprehend the rebels yet. After all the shit they've done. Um, and, like, they're, they're just immediately down to go help this lady to me immediately i thought it was a trap um that either the Va that vader was doing or agent kalis or kalen whatever his name is it's pretty obvious yeah but what's interesting is like when they're watching that hologram of her ezra can feel her fear through that hologram and he he can tell that she's telling the truth or feels like she's telling the truth which means like if he can tell that from a hologram, he's got to be pretty powerful, right? Or at least very strong in the Force naturally. Yeah, that's what I mean. Very like, empathic at the very least. Uh, and Ezra has scars on his face. 
from now, where Vader the, hit him. No, uh, the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor hit him. Um, <clears throat> so they all agree to go to Lothal and try to rescue this lady. And it turns out, like, she's not running the trap. It's all a trap set up by Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, he knows that if he scares this lady enough that she'll probably contact the rebels and try to escape and that that'll bring them to Lothal. So they show up. Kanan steals a stormtrooper outfit, which I thought was cool. It is cool. It is cool. That is cool. <laughs> He's doing it because he thinks it's cool. It is cool. It is cool. Um, yeah, so he steals a Star Wars, or Star Wars, Stormtrooper outfit, and, like, they're going to try to rescue this lady. Uh, Ezra tries to uh, Jedi mind trick that one Stormtrooper. And it doesn't work so well. No, he's not confident enough. I watched it again, and he's kind of like, uh, I got no, this. Uh, you don't need to look in that. And the guy's like, what? But when Kanan does it, like he's confident. He's like, you don't need to look in that. And it, sure enough, I it don't works. need to look in that. They get right on by. Um, uh, this, I, I, this is sort of unrelated, but do you think that Kanan is sort of destined for an Obi-Wan moment at some point? What do you mean an Obi-Wan moment? Do you, I wonder if Kanan at some point is going to kick the bucket and leave Ezra to have to train with someone else, possibly Ahsoka, or be on his own. Like, it seems like an interesting parallel. Like, obviously, Kanan's younger than Obi-Wan, but now they got Vader on their tail. They got new Inquisitors on their tail. Like, I I don't know why I think this, but I think just at some point, if you want to make the consequences real in this show... Somebody's got to go. And if you like, if you really if you could do it, but the show would grow more mature. Yeah, but it already kind of seems already like it kinda is kind of mature. I know, yeah. but you could do it. It would be kind of like reboot. Did you ever watch reboot? Uh uh-uh. uh They kind of did that, like where one of the smaller characters grew up. Oh yeah. Without their mentor or their buddies, I and gotcha. that was kind of serious. There, it was kind of kick ass, like. I mean, maybe that's what they'll do. I mean, I could see them doing that. I like, mean, if it happened, it would. I it would have for me. It'd have to be at the hands of Vader. Yeah, at this point, you can't let some punk ass Inquisitor or Imperial officer do it. Yeah, like you're building Kanan up as a pretty badass dude. I'd like um, to see him survive. You know, you always want to see the Jedi yeah. survive. I mean, it, it it's almost seems obvious to me that if someone's going to go, it's going to be Ahsoka, and that is going to be uh, at the hands of Vader. Um, but there's so much you could get out of Ahsoka before you do that. Oh, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. By no means, I don't think it'll even be. Maybe not even this season. Yeah, you know. But if that's a, a character whose role and influence on Vader is so huge that I don't see how you can let her n- live past. Especially into a new hope and stuff. We know that Vader kind of develops that obsession for hunting down Luke Skywalker. Right. I would think he would develop that obsession with hunting down other Jedi. Yeah. I would think that that obsessive focus is not the first time that's happened. Right. I could be wrong. He could be nonchalant his whole career, and when he feels no, the force I, of his kid, he I think out. he's pretty tries to track him down personally. Like I know he well, probably I know that, that he hunted happens. down Luke more so than. 
Yeah, other. I think, but I think you're probably right. Like, I think he's obsessed with obliterating the Jedi. Like, the Jedi, even without it, like, you know, besides it being... From where I stand, the Jedi are evil. Well, then you are lost! Um, like, besides just being his orders and, like, the mandate from the Emperor, I think the Jedi are a reminder of who he used to be. And that is something he is not interested in. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. In his mind, Anakin Skywalker is dead. Is he dead. is Darth Vader. He is Darth Vader. Lord of the Sith. That's really cool. When they're coming back to Lothal, like uh, Ezra starts feeling Vader's presence. You know what I'm talking about? That it's was a cool so cold. It's so cold. And see, you know, there's precedent for being able to identify somebody by the Force Oh yeah, alone. You know, Vader knows that Luke is on that ship in Return of the Jedi. Luke knows Vader is on that ship. And that's why Luke's freaking out. I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't yeah. have come. Like, no. no. Vader knew who you were and that you were on that ship. Yeah. He knew that that was Ahsoka. Like, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, and he even said, the apprentice lives. Like, yeah. I mean, that's jumping ahead a big, a little bit, but that's fine. That's, that's basically the big oh shit moment of the episode is when he realizes oh, I just gave it all away. I'm no sorry. it's i mean it's fine i mean we're, we'll get back to it it's yeah. not like you know i'm just saying like yeah that's the big oh shit moment of that episode is when he realizes that she's involved that she's still alive and she in my opinion she has to know it's him i mean the, right the dark side may have twisted his presence to the point where it may not that's, be recognized. that seems to be the big question on everybody's mind after that episode is does she know like he knows who she is and i think she does they they made a very conscious effort to show like that sort of despondent look on her face because i felt like ahsoka was around anakin enough even when the times that he slipped to the dark side mm -hmm. she saw that you know she was able to see that and she could probably feel that same presence and i think maybe because like, some people are wondering why she didn't tell them and i wonder if she's just not sure like she wants to make sure or if she's like just too freaked out about it or what like and just doesn't know what to do it's something that i don't think we're going to get an answer to She's right probably away pulling an obi-wan like from what i you know the, what i told you is it's the truth, truth from, from a certain, certain point, point of view. view i mean that could be what it is i just don't know i think it's also a matter of stretching the story out like waiting to give us that payoff to do it in a big you know way if I had even the slightest complaint about this first episode, and it's hard to complain about because it was so good, it's just there wasn't enough Ahsoka in it. Like, I was ready. I was hoping we were going to get straight into season two and see badass grown-up Ahsoka. Yeah. And we, she's not there for pretty much the first half or three quarters of the episode. It's not until they go back to the Rebel fleet that she shows up. But when they spring the trap with Minister Tua, that's her name, Vader shows up. And in pure Vader fashion, just like kicks a bunch of ass. I mean, they did a really good job. Like he takes out Kanan pretty quick and then damn near kills Ezra, shoots Sabine right in the head or re reflects a blaster bolt right at her head. And they, it seems like they barely escaped. The only reason they escape is because they pull a walker down on top of them. They did. And it was cool seeing Kanan realize that, this is not just another Inquisitor. This is a 
Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, he 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 was able to tell the ancient enemy of the Jedi. That's yeah. exactly what he calls him. And he takes like a slash to his shoulder and stuff, and he gets hurt and stuff. What I hoped they would do with Vader, they sort of nailed it. Like they made him badass. Like he keeps his calm. He's cool, collective, but he's ruthless. Like after the rebels escape from him in that first encounter, he goes and slaughters that. Well, no, he kidnaps and burns down. Everybody in Tarkin Town. Yeah. That settlement that you see in the first couple episodes of Rebels just takes them all out. Just to get under the Rebel skin and draw them out again. But yeah, so how they escape from Lothal is funny too because they contact Lando. Which when they when uh, Hera was like, well, we know just the guy to help uh, get us smuggled off this planet. I was like, oh, it's going to be Lando. It's got to be Lando. And it was. Even though it's just him for a second on a hologram, it was cool. It was sure enough Lando Calrissian, though. And he basically sets up or gives them the equipment to set up like a decoy signals or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Is that what it basically is? Yeah. They set up little decoys that make the Imperials think that they're leaving the planet and they mm -hmm. go. And Eight it's not million them. different ways. Yeah. One of those blips. Yeah. And then they bust off to hyperspace. But that it ain't that easy, Jack. You don't get away from Darth Vader that easily. They got a tracking beacon on there. And my favorite part of the episode is Vader doesn't show up with, like, he's not like, okay, get me a, a full fighter squadron and a bunch of Star Destroyers, and let's go whip these rebels. He shows up first by himself. Just Vader and his TIE advance. Locks down the planet. Planet goes into lockdown. Yeah. If anyone tries to evacuate, they're shot down. Like Right. And then he, like, they all get to the rebel fleet, think that they're free, and Vader just shows up. They scramble the whole Phoenix Squadron and the Ghost. Ahsoka jumps on the Ghost with them, and Vader kicks everyone's ass. Like, they don't get a hit anywhere near him. Nowhere near. He's taken on, like, two blockade runners, a command ship, and a full squadron's full squadron of A-Wings and the Ghost. And he takes out damn near the entire Phoenix squadron, single-handedly. Doing some badass pilot stuff. And, and I like that they had Hera hold her own flying against Vader. Yeah. Because Vader is a good pilot, like he should be. Anakin was a good pilot. Yeah. So, you know, it's only, you know, makes sense that Vader would be really kick-ass, too. But that's when the scene you were talking about happens. Like, um, Ahsoka starts trying to reach out in the force and feel who it is that's in that ship. And as she's doing that, I guess Vader senses her trying to probe his mind. And he's like, the apprentice lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that part gave me goosebumps. It did. Like, it gave me goosebumps, too. I couldn't it, believe it. It freaks her out. I don't know. Like I said, I think it freaked her out because she realized that it was Anakin. Yeah. Maybe it's clearly what looked like a moment of recognition on her face. Maybe it just freaked her out because of how powerful he was, or he how, locked her out. How evil that it was. Yeah or. yeah, or that he locked her out of his mind, you know. But if I had to guess, it's because she realized who it was. How do they escape that? Like, because the Star Destroyers come into atmosphere. Oh, well, because once he realizes who she is that's all he'll concentrate on like he doesn't start attacking the command ship anymore like he doesn't keep attacking them or the two blockade runners or the a-wings he's focused on the ghosts he tells the commanders and the star destroyers that he wants to take them alive 
So they use that to evacuate the command shuttle and get like the commanders and shit of the rebels uh, to safety. And then they pull some shenanigans, get Vader caught in a tractor beam, right? Yep. Yeah, he gets caught in the tractor beam. It's a pretty sweet of maneuver. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Like, um, like I said, it's. I'm glad that they made Hera as good of, at least a good of a pilot as Vader. She was able to evade Vader pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then they get away, and the dick move line of the night comes when the commander on the star destroyer is talking to one of his underlings, and he's like, "It's not your fault, Lieutenant." But Lord Vader won't know that. Yeah. Oh, dick move. Imperials are dicks, they man. They are. The Imperial world. It's worse than the corporate world. Um, They'll literally throw you under the bus. Yeah. You know, uh, no, it's not the next scene. The next scene is the rebels on the ghost talking about whether Ahsoka knows who that is or not. But then it cuts to Vader back on the Star Destroyer, and he contacts the Emperor, who we never see. It's a really well-done shot, I thought. It was Very really well cool. Like the way you just see Vader from the back and it never shows you the hologram of the Empire or mm-hmm. Emperor, you just hear him. And he basically tells him, like, Well, I destroyed the rebels' command ship. I, you know, scattered them, dealt him a serious blow. And he informs him that the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker is still alive. And immediately the Emperor is interested. And he seems like he wants to capture her. Of course. And use her to hunt down any more Jedi. And who does uh, Darth Vader bring up immediately when he mentions that? Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan. Now, this is where I'm starting to wonder. Hang with me here. I've been thinking about this. Okay. Who all knows where Obi-Wan is? Yoda. Yoda. Bell Organa. Bell Organa knows where Obi-Wan is because when they meet to decide, he says... I'll take him to Tatooine to grow up with his family, and I'll watch over him. So Bell Organa knows. Yeah, obviously Bell Organa knows because he's sending Leia there. Yeah, to get in A New Hope, he's sending Leia there to try and get Obi Wan. I didn't think about that. For, he's sending Obi, yeah, to get General Kenobi. Right. So this makes me wonder: at some point, is Bell Organa going to tell them this? I hope they do this. This is too badass. Is he going to tell them? Look. If that really is, like, maybe he tells Ahsoka, well, you know, if that really is Anakin, if Darth Vader really is Anakin, the only person you can go to is Obi-Wan, and he's on Tatooine. Will the Rebels go visit Obi-Wan? That would be tight. And is that when Obi-Wan will find out that Anakin is still alive and that he's Darth Vader? Because the last time we see him in Episode 3, I'm pretty sure he assumes that Anakin's dead. Anakin, yeah. And by Episode 4, he knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. So either Qui-Gon tells him that from the afterlife, or he feels it in the Force, or somebody tells him. So I think that would be a badass. Like, don't bring Obi-Wan into the cast permanently. Like, don't have him leave Tatooine to uh, pal around with the Rebels. But have them go visit him on Tatooine and learn, like, you know, have them have that discussion. Then... I think that's perfect. I think that's an awesome way to bring Obi-Wan into the series for an episode. It really would be great. Because I know Obi-Wan doesn't just set up shop on Tatooine. 
No. I mean, I, I don't think so either. I think he probably did some stuff, but I think his priority was watching over Luke because yeah. Luke was who they were placing all their bets on. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, if you think about it in a sort of a fucked, a fucked up way, Obi-Wan and Yoda kind of use Luke. Like, I mean, they're not shitty about it, but... He's well, a, they're he's using kind him of, to preserve the line. Yeah, I mean, he's they kind of a tool away. to him. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they decide his destiny for him ahead of time. Almost, sort of. You know what I mean? Like, I Well, they, they also do that to give them a fighting chance out of life. Well, not just that. And I mean, I realize that their goal is a good goal, like eradicating the Sith and evil from the galaxy. Like, that's a noble goal. It's just, you know, he's a kid. Like, but they don't care. No, he's going to be the next hope. He's our new hope. Well, they don't know. The, I mean, I I don't know that they know that it's going to be like that, but they hope. That's why they split up. You yeah, know, there are at least two. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean they could probably they maybe have been betting on Leia equally as much as Luke. Yeah, I mean there's no reason to think that they wouldn't. But yeah, that's that was also interesting to me. Like when the I, Emperor talks to Vader and he's talking about. How they can hunt down the rest of the Jedi immediately. Darth Vader's like, like Obi Wan. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he is still a fixation. And yeah, he's got a. I mean, and it's kind of understandable. He homeboy left him for dead. Like dropped him into some lava. You did this to me. Burn his dick off and left him for dead. Yeah. I wonder if that will lead to any more, like seeing any more hidden Jedi in the show i don't think so because eventually there's you can't bring too many jedi in or else it doesn't seem like uh too as dire of a circumstance as it needs to order be. 66 yeah. you know what i mean oh speaking of order six remind me of order 66 uh let me b- bring something up about that to you in a little bit when we finish up rebel something i, I heard a cool theory today that, okay about order 66 so the emperor you know, says all that shit about finding the Jedi, and he tells Vader assign a new Inquisitor to find them. That means Vader offers to hunt them down and eradicate them. Yeah, and he's like, "No, get an Inquisitor, let him handle it, and find them." Now they said back when they first revealed Vader at the end of season one that he wasn't going to be in every episode, and it makes sense because you can't have Vader constantly not capturing or killing the rebels. It would because it takes away from his badassness, the like fear, the potency of you fear. know what I mean. So they're only going to use him when it feels right and when it's important to the story. So I don't think we'll be seeing Vader for a few episodes. Appropriately so. Yeah, I think so too. In fact, we know they did like a Rebels recon. We know the next episode is called The Lost Commanders, the one that comes on this fall. And it's going to be when they reunite with Rex and his crew. Okay. So that's the next episode, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know that Rex will make it through this. Rex was like, so Obi-Wan had Commander Cody, right? Mm-hmm. Rex was like that, but for Anakin, right? Yep. So Anakin probably has some hate for Rex, too, I would imagine. Anything that would remind him of his old life, yep. apparently. Yep. So The time that he was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Things could be looking bad for Rex, too. That uh, whole clone platoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not, but... I bet you Rex, clearly Rex didn't participate in Order 66, and he's still a good guy, so he's probably not too stoked with Anakin. He for sure doesn't know that Darth Vader is Anakin. Unless he was in that Imperial March that... Oh, 
that for the, the fighting the five zero first. I don't think he was. I think. Well, I don't know. We That's don't Anakin's really, troop. Like I, I don't know. know what troop he took to. We know that they didn't participate in Order sixty six. That Rex didn't. Right from stuff they've said. So he probably wasn't. But there's a good question of how he avoided order 66 and where he was when it went down. Yeah. And they have to answer that in the show. I mean, that's a, a gotta, yeah, that'll be an interesting, I'm looking for, I'm really, now I'm really looking forward to that episode to see what the explanation of that is. Cause as soon as Anakin became Vader, he took a cadre of yep. troopers and went right over to Just the Jedi temple, kill a bunch of kids, kill a bunch of kids. Like it, well, I can't weren't nothing, man. That flip yeah. is so instant. Like it's yeah. still, I still have trouble swallowing it. Oh, so Order 66. The theory I read or heard about today was, so, you know, there's Order 66. So clearly there's other orders that the Emperor has used. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's not. Maybe that's just a cool code word. Right. Order 66 and the First Order. What if the First Order was some contingency plan by the Emperor that was to continue on the longevity of the empire should he or Darth and Darth Vader die. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do see what you're saying. I know I'm not explaining it the best way possible, but the the first order, what if that's what the first order from episode seven is, is there the faction that were to continue the empire, the emperor's rulings and ideals should he and Darth Vader fall? Well, you know, if the if the concept exists that Jedi after death can appear as Force ghosts for a time, yeah, then I would assume the converse is true of Sith. Perhaps Sith lords can appear Ooh. as a Sith lord ghost. I didn't think about that, and that's and we have some some sort of precedent of that in the old EU, but mainly through Sith holocrons and stuff. They'll right. appear to people. And you know maybe maybe it's not even something corporeal. Maybe the Sith are communicate more like in dreams or trance uh, states and meditation. You know, I don't know. I'm just yeah, I mean that's a cool idea. Here. It's a cool idea. But if um, that was your contingency to save, so that you could instruct a Sith Empire from across the boundary of death, but because you preserved your empire, yeah, that's what I was getting at. That's cool. I like that idea. That's a cool idea. That is neat. That is neat. Yeah, that. I mean, I'll, I'll be interested. To, there's just, you know, we don't know much about episode seven, like officially. And there's so the little bit of information we do know is not enough to get a grasp on what's going on. And, you know, when they were first announced, all I could think about is, oh, what are Han and Chewie and Luke and Leia up to? And the closer we get to the movie, now the stuff I want to know is like, what is the order? What is the first order? Who like, is this Kylo Ren? Yeah, Where did he like, come from? That's really intriguing me now. The the villains and their purpose and goals and stuff. I really want to know. Uh, I have a feeling we won't know for sure until the movie's out. It may blow my brain out the back of my skull so hard. I won't know until the second or third time I watch it. I'm just hoping I'm not setting myself up for hoping for like an oh shit moment in episode seven. And J.J. Abrams goes and losts you. And well, not yeah. No, not lost, but like maybe there won't be an oh, oh shit moment. Maybe the oh shit moment doesn't come until the second movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's not a vader realizing that ahsoka is alive or vader telling luke that he's his father or you know one maybe, of those maybe big there's moments. not a death star you know that yeah that big 
bam, like that's quite the finale for yeah. a movie. If you think I mean, about it, like, if you're following the Star Wars format, there's got to be a big final. battle. There's going to have to be a big final battle and a big like, bang. Like I, there may not be a super weapon like the Death Star. I don't think they're. I mean, if they did a third Death Star, I'd be like, okay, guys, <laughs> a third. Can we Death retire Star? the planet dis- de- destruction rate? You know what I mean, like. At least there's there'll be at least a big final battle, probably a big final lightsaber battle. Even though, <clears throat> I guess if you think about A New Hope, the big final uh, or the big lightsaber battle happens at the end of the second act. It doesn't even happen at the end of the movie, really. Right? There's the whole battle of Yavin after that. Yeah. But you know that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff I really, really want to know about Episode Seven and the kind of information that's not going to come out like no it is not bef- you know like i think jj abrams is playing it close to the chest and not revealing that stuff for and a reason wisely i believe because yeah like i think a lot of people are expecting the oh shit moment to be finding out that either ray or kylo ren or somebody in the cast is related to the original trilogy or is at least super force sensitive yeah i think that's a given yeah, like I think it's either going to be Finn or Ray. I feel like they're maybe gonna, even both. I feel like they're going to play the middle ground on the Force issue until like the last act, but I don't know that. But that's just because they've had Luke in such seclusion. Yeah, is what I feel like. You know, unless he immediately picks up Apprentice like he was in Episode Four, like Obi Wan just picks him right up and is like, "Okay, well, let me tell you about the Force." And yeah, this that's is how true. You do it. And this I mean. That's a good question. Like, are we going to be in a, a universe where our main character is already good with the Force? Or is this going to be... In an a, Ezra-like way, where yeah. they can use the Force to feel things or right. help pick locks or be really good at some other skill? That's a good question. Like I said, the, the two main candidates for me are, are Finn and Ray. Maybe they're both Force-sensitive. Maybe. I know from the concept art they released at Celebration, Finn has Luke's lightsaber. Slash Anakin's lightsaber, Luke's original lightsaber, right the on one, his belt, the one that was lost on Bespin. Yeah, so he's either carrying that or he's using it. You know what I mean? The Tabana gas mines. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that means he has force power or if he's just the guy that's holding on to the lightsaber, the bearer of the saber. I think it would be pretty badass if Ray is the super badass. I like, always I always that's just kind of what I figured I figured Ray would be the yeah, it kind of sensitive. Seems, but see that's the more and more I start thinking about it I start second guessing myself and wondering like no, maybe they're trying to hide something from me and she's not the badass force sensitive. Maybe it's Finn. I'd like them both to be. I think it would be badass to see two people. You know, it I don't want well, I don't want to say I don't want cuz that makes it sound like I'll be disappointed but I want more Jedi. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like, that's my favorite part of Star Wars are the Jedi. So I want there to be multiple force sensitive people. And as far as we know, there's only one Jedi in the galaxy. Luke. And no one's seen him for a long time. I mean, that's what it seems like. Time. So I think that'll do it this week. Okay. Uh, had a good time, buddy. Good to see you. It was a great discussion this week. Uh, yeah, I think we did pretty good this week. Um, so, uh, like I said, get us on iTunes or Stitcher now. If you do get us on iTunes, please rate and review the podcast. That helps us out a lot. 
Um, if you listen on Stitcher, I guess there may be a way to review or add us to your favorites or something on there. If you like what you hear, you know, tell us, uh, tell us, let us know. Spread yeah. the word. Let yeah, us help know. us spread the word. If you know, and if tell you guys, somebody about us. Yeah. No. Also, if you have a topic you want us to discuss, yeah, email or us questions. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail I check that email once a day, and I keep hoping for an email. Someone being like. Oh, Someone's either going to send something really mean and douchey, or oh, someone's yeah. going to have a real question that they I'm, really want us I'm to gonna talk about. I'm going to warn you and Jesse both. When the mean and douchey one comes in, you guys are going to have to help me out, because I'm going to take it hard. No, <laughs> dude, I, I got that covered. So, for Blue Harvest Podcast, I'm Hals Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>